2: twenty five dollars each.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concert week to buy
0: now. That's Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
2: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now, or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
1: Hello, welcome back to the
2: show. My name is Matt. Our colleague Noel is away now, but will return soon. They call me Ben. We are joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, code Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Matt, Doc, it is the top of the week. This is the time where we and our fellow conspiracy realists explore things just off the edge of the mainstream news. If you are a person who uh, reads or hears things at all, then you are well aware that the news is increasingly being dominated by the situation in Ukraine. Um, the, as, as we speak, you're hearing this about a week after we record it, as we speak, uh, the things that happened this weekend uh, were increasingly troubling. They were a little bit mystifying to a lot of our friends in the audience today. Uh, Many people just learned about something called the swift banking system. We're going to have a full episode on that. Uh, And many people, you know, it always happens on the internet, Matt, Uh, in the age of unending discourse. It's odd that the. um, The people who were earlier authorities on whatever the news cycle was talking about are now suddenly authorities on foreign policy with a deep knowledge of the history of Ukraine, the Soviet Union, Russia, NATO, Kiwi, and Rus. Uh, and it's amazing how they can fit uh, so many opinions into so few characters on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I'm being a jerk. But the uh, but the point is, this: this context is important and it is often, unfortunately, for one reason or another, it is often missed. In conversations in the West, and we've alluded to it before in many past episodes. Um, Matt, you and I have been talking about this for years now. Um let's see. what did we have? Did the great game ever end? Talk about Alexander mm-hmm. Dugan, Foundations of geopolitics. It's scary how accurate that yeah. that one ended up being <laughs> and uh, yeah, and,
1: and we briefly know. covered Crimea and the situation there in 2014. And since we've begun looking into it, it becomes just text message threads between us, uh, wondering <laughs> things, wondering things out loud to each other. Um, but man, it has been very surreal to watch it play out in at least the Western news that we're exposed to in a couple places that we uh, sneak into just to see what, what's being said, you know, internally in Russia. Um, I just, you know, it's it's February 28th right now. It's a Monday as we're recording this. You, as Ben said, you are likely reading the news right now, even if you don't usually read the news, just because it does feel, it feels frightening to me personally, this entire thing. So we're going to continue covering it, you know, in small ways, as we're, we're going to do a little bit today in talking about it, and then in bigger ways making these episodes that you alluded to, Ben. So just, you know. If you want to stick with us, we'll do our best to to help you weed through some of the things that are hitting the news.
2: Yes. And for all our fellow conspiracy realists uh, in the area, uh, thank you to everyone who has written in. Uh, we also hope that you stay tuned and more importantly, stay safe. Matt, I don't know how much we want to talk about this in advance. You and I recently, like just a few minutes before we went on air, we were having one of those text conversations you mentioned, uh, where we were um, talking about the surprising, what is being portrayed as the uh, surprising lack of logistical hygiene, lack of OPSEC, lack of, lack of basic, like, day one stuff that state state actor militaries are supposed to be capable of on on the part of Russia. Uh, it is surprising and there are some possible reasons for that, but we'll get there. We don't want to tease you too much in that regard. We want to talk about a, uh, a couple things first uh, before we get into some other stories. So, uh, one thing that is very important, uh, and and Matt and Doc and I talked about this at length off air in an earlier, uh, I believe it was, strange news segment last week. I had mentioned the allegations that the Canadian government was financially targeting people in Canada who had chosen to donate, primarily through GoFundMe, to the um the Freedom Convoy was calling itself before it got disbanded. Uh, and we wanted to give a quick update with that, a little bit of myth busting. Remember, the truth is, is more important than a headline, right? So the RCMP, for any non-Canadian, that stands for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, responded to those allegations fairly recently. And said that they did not, in fact, provide names of convoy donors to financial institutions. You can read their official statement online. We were accurate, and the RCMP confirms that we were accurate uh, when we noted the use of the emergency act or the emergencies act. The specific part they were using was the emergency economic measures order. Uh, if you would like to read their full statement, what they're saying is that they did freeze some accounts or they did, you know, tip off financial institutions. But uh, the extent of that seems to be greatly exaggerated. And that's part of the nature of propaganda. You know, you take one story and you make it sound like a hundred thousand or a million stories. And it's, it's quite effective. People use that strategy because it does work when when one wants to control a narrative. But more on that, because we do have a, an episode coming up on the Freedom Convoy. Um, we just wanted to give you the facts uh, from, from the primary sources. So do check out the RCMP statement. And you know what? If you think they're running a smoke show, if you think they're not telling the entirety of the facts, then let us know especially if you yourself have found your account frozen, let us know what happened to you.
1: Ben, I've always heard smoke show used in a different context, but, uh, yes,
2: Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You've heard me
2: use smoke show in a different context. So (laughs) so, that's true. That's true. Uh, this is the non, uh, non amorous term, but, uh, Mm -hmm. we needed to get that out on the air, uh, before we go to any commercial break, uh, and move on to anything else. There is a story that you caught, uh, hmm. I believe from our friends in New Zealand that I don't know, it spoke to me, man. I just like it's one of those stories that I drop everything to read when you when you hit me today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember how a few years ago I was on yet another weird uh, obsessive just sending you an old flames of text messages. I was I was saying, you know what? We should try to get some stuff they don't want you to know. Branded tinfoil. Let's make it happen. Yes. Or aluminum foil. We didn't do it, folks. By the way, that wouldn't compromise maybe the integrity of what of our larger mission. But every so often, the idea of tinfoil hats does pop up, even now in 2022.
1: Yeah, it would have worked out in this instance. So let's jump to New Zealand really quickly. You can read this story on nzherald.co.nz. Title is Protesters turn to Tinfoil Hats as Increasing Sickness Blamed on Government Beaming Radiation Rays. Uh, If you were unaware, there is some ongoing protesting occurring in Wellington, New Zealand. It's been going on for quite a while now. And there are a lot of people live, I mean, as you do at a protest live stream, what's going on in the protest and around the area where the protest is occurring. And many people have been becoming sick. They're reporting things like fevers, headaches, body aches, uh, things that I know, as I just recovered from it, uh, are associated with COVID-19. They're flu-like symptoms, basically. And those are not the only health effects that are being reported by a scattered number of people. Throughout these protests, but there is a, let's say a common thread that is being woven right now on social media by both people at the protests and people away from the protest, saying that there is possibly some kind of in this case, government interference with radiation. Think about the Havana syndrome and what's reported about some of those effects where people believe they're being targeted by some sort of energy beam, right? And then they're having negative effects on their health because of whatever that energy is being sent to them. (laughs) In this case, and I'm only laughing a little bit because the solution has been put forth by some people that a tinfoil hat will help prevent whatever these supposed attacks from the New Zealand government are. Because the tinfoil will cause the radiation to not enter your head. Um, and this, of course, is a conspiracy trope that's gone back decades, right? That's why we thought it'd be funny to have stuff they don't want you to know branded tinfoil. As of this moment, if you read through that article, to for my money and to my mind, there doesn't seem to be anything to the claims that there's some kind of radiation attack or EMF attack occurring on the protesters mm-hmm. or happening to the protesters. Um, and it does appear that there is some sickness of some kind, probably just flu, if not, you know, COVID-19 that's running through people who are out there protesting simply because of being in close proximity with each other. And, you know, all kinds of sicknesses exist that are not just COVID and flu that are transmissible if you're in close proximity with people. And it does seem like there's just some stuff getting passed around. Again, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um But if you go to the article, you'll see that there are several people who've gone on camera using some kind of EMF detector and kind of just testing out various places where the protests are occurring. There's one guy who claims to have found that there are these large uh, concrete blocks that are existing right by the roadside there in Wellington near the protest area. And they claim that this one person went on camera and claimed that he was getting elevated EMF readings that were emanating, at least to him, from these concrete blocks. Now, there are are numerous blocks out there. They're all the same, but some, and again, you can watch it on the video, some appear to have no elevated EMF levels, and a few of them appear to have very elevated EMF levels. And there are even stories that are being told, uh, one of them by the same person who's being interviewed, of two individuals who sat upon this concrete block and then after a little while reported that they had some negative health effects, uh, that they were feeling strange after sitting on that block for a long, an elongated period of
2: time. Okay. Got it. Well, well, let me point out, we do have to point out that uh, first off, even though it's called tinfoil, I think we all know we're talking about aluminum, right? Uh, <laughs> In aluminum and tin are different elements, obviously, but uh, just to establish, aluminum foil is what we are actually talking about. Street name tin foil. Uh, Aluminum foil does block radio frequency range. Like aluminum foil does block radio frequency waves, which means that, for instance, you could take your smartphone, you could wrap it in aluminum foil, and that would conceivably kind of create a bootleg MacGyver style Faraday cage. I'm just using a cell phone as an example because humanity understands cell phones. Humanity does not understand the mechanisms of its own brain entirely at this point. Uh, The smartest people in the world know more about your cell phone than they do about your brain or their own. Uh, So that's where I think the seed of the, Conspiratorial trope, as you call it, begins. Wouldn't you say? Like it does have, because it does have an ability to uh, aluminum as a conductive material, does have an ability to block or divert uh, certain signals. You can see how people would say, or people would make the um, fairly logical leap to assume that because of this, these scientific facts, uh, I can protect myself by any, from any untoward invisible signals by wrapping my head in this stuff. But I would also note that that idea is missing a couple of other just salient points. For instance, uh, the idea of putting tin foil, a.k.a. aluminum foil, around one's head is not the same thing as encasing one's brain or central nervous systems in those things. Radio waves can inundate material, which means it's not as if some kind of wave uh, is going to be hitting your entire head and then stop because you got a little thinking cap on. Does that make sense? Like the, The blocking a cell phone signal only works when the cell phone is entirely encased in that kind of conductive material.
1: Yeah, very true. You would need a full aluminum foil suit.
2: Finally, let's do it. <laughs> you know how like the Canadian, the Canadian tuxedo is denim. Let's make like the stuff they don't want you to know, tuxedo. Just a full like a hazmat suit with aluminum foil. It can't be that expensive to make that. Like aluminum foil is.
1: <laughs> I do I do think a Faraday cage like structure, if you could make it slightly flexible as a bodysuit, would be pretty dope. I would get a couple of those. Yes,
2: I just to have. You
1: know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. To have. Uh, in this case, for me, it's whether or not a the government of New Zealand in Wellington has some kind of L- EMF weapon that they could deploy against protesters. Two, would they deploy that weapon against peaceful protesters? And three, it's way more likely. That if there is some kind of heightened EMF situation, it's because there are, there are a large number of people who are condensed into one area, all of whom or most of whom have cellular phones, and they're, they're already in a downtown city that's got towers in many places that's very uh, dense when it comes to EMF in general, and then you add in those cell phones and the number of them, then you're in a, an elevated EMF area already. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require an extra weapon targeting uh, the protesters to have those those elevated levels. I don't know. That's just that's just my that's my thinking cap version of the situation. <laughs> uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that kind of thing isn't possible. It's just I think it's it's unlikely. It's the yeah, It's
2: yeah. It's interesting when you're talking about oppression right, or disruption. Uh, In a protest, what we have to always remember is that typically the simplest, most cost-effective methods are going to be the go-tos, right? Uh, It is true that protests are an excellent opportunity to experiment with, quote-unquote, less than lethal uh, deterrent measures, you know, like the so-called pain ray or You know, let's weaponize beanbags and shoot those at people and just sort of see what happens. You know, they're not bullets. Yeah, not really. Uh, So that stuff does take place. But in this case, just because of the nature of the science, we know that encasing a portion of one's head with something that can function as as a, you know, a deterrent to waves of some sort. We know that that doesn't actually work. That just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. Now, we also have to remember the placebo effect, which is if there is something that might be psychosomatic, that doesn't make it any less valid, but it does open the door for some sort of placebo or ritual to uh, make the person feel as though they are protected, they have been treated, the condition has been addressed. Uh, It's... Mm -hmm. It's weird. Also, also it's funny. I just sent a link over in our group chat here. Uh, There is Faraday fabric that has been created, so we're not that far away from your stuff. They don't want you to know tuxedo. There's also a Faraday. A bodysuit.
1: For me, it's a a full-on bodysuit, like a green man suit.
2: It's a green man suit. You want to slap some Kevlar (laughs) on there, man? Just in case. (laughs) Yeah, we could, I guess. Don't worry about the new stuff. Worry about the old stuff, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't get this. We can't get this weird bodysuited guy. We just can't get him to stop protesting. What can we do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Are we out of being well, that,
1: yeah. and <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, to your point, if you are under the effects of one of these existing cloud dispersal weapons, you will know it because Mm -hmm. either a your skin is going to get super hot you're going to feel super heated and it's going to suck and you're going to probably disperse because of the nature of it or you're going to be hearing one of the most awful high pitched sounds you've ever heard and it's going to be just beating your eardrums into submission until you probably disperse because of again the nature of the existing let's call them weapons
2: yeah and we're not going to for the sake of your eardrums and ours fellow conspiracy realist We're not going to play a clip of what that sound sounds like. But what we are going to do is take a pause. Can't wait to hear from you on your uh, favorite tinfoil hat experiments. But in the meantime, we're going to take a pause for a word from our sponsors. We'll see if Illumination Global Unlimited gets us. uh, And we're going to return with more strange news.
1: Terminix
2: it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night. Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals,
0: your trusted companion for CBD relief.
2: And we have returned. So I think it's safe for for us to say we're united front in this regard. One of the things that Matt and Doc and I have been, I don't want to say struggling with, but one of the things we've been very mindful of is in our uh, weekly Strange News segment, we honestly spent some time searching for stories. Again, this is all about stories off the beaten path. We were searching for things that were not somehow related to Russia, Ukraine, and NATO. And it can be a bit of a slog. Uh, in Western media, That this is one of the prominent things being reported. And again, rightly so. The world should know. But there are many other conflicts. There are many other stories. There are all sorts of things that are not getting the airtime. They should. uh, For one example, as a related to Ukraine thing, uh, the government of Poland has relaxed immigration, asylum attempts, but not for everybody. It is proven that the government of Poland has been turning away students from the African diaspora who are in Ukraine, simply based on their ethnicity, uh, has been turning away Yemeni students, uh, people from Yemen, I mean, uh, has been turning away people of color. That story needs to be acknowledged as well. But now we are traveling to something different, something that surprisingly has slipped through a lot of headlines. And full disclosure, Matt, this is a piece of a bigger story, I would say, but it is also a story that was years in the making. We got some vets in the crowd today. We've got some uh, we got some Marines in the crowd, former and active. And if you are one of those folks, you have doubtlessly heard of this, but it may surprise you that most people have not. So the U.S.-Mexico border is somewhat of a porous border, at least in terms of what gets through, right? We're talking about people who are leaving strife and danger in their, you know, in in their local hometown, and they're trying to pursue the American dream, or if not pursue the American dream, they're trying to get to a place where they and their families are going to feel safer. Totally understood. That's like, that's human logic that works. But the u s has a somewhat um, somewhat targeted immigration policy, and historically this has been the case, right? Uh, it is difficult for many, many people to enter the u s legally. If you are in between a rock and a hard place, as they used to say, then you may feel compelled you may feel that it is your only choice to attempt an illegal border crossing to travel uh, with the help of any number of strange bedfellows, and find yourself in the U.S. And you won't have the paperwork. Uh, you will be considered an undocumented person. Uh, there are tons of complications with this. It, it becomes an intergenerational consequence because there are people who are born in the U.S. Oh, I forget sometimes, this doesn't happen in every country. If you were born in the United States, you are automatically a citizen. And other countries, some other countries, they think that's wild. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to them. But that's what the U.S. is going with now. So there are children who are born in the U.S. uh, who completely grew up here, just like any other of your U.S. friends you may know, but their parents came illegally. So what happens to those families? This is a bigger problem. I'm, I'm perhaps doing too much of a TED talk or a. uh, I never get to use this word, Matt. A prolegomenon. No idea. It means brief introductory remarks. Isn't that the dumbest word? (laughs) Say it one more time. Prolegomenon. Prolegomenon. Yeah. Legomenon.
1: So close to a prologue, and that makes sense to me. Uh, Okay, I got it. Prologue phenomenon. You know, Uh,
2: a a critical or discursive introduction to like a book or a topic. Anyway, I just had to get that word out. Let's be honest. It's one of those words no one uses, except for on this show when we said it. So the point is, what I'm saying is uh, I'm taking too long to get to the point, maybe, but I wanted to set up some context for what's happening here. Over the past few years, there's been a problem, specifically at Camp Pendleton, and it involves illegal border traffic. It involves human trafficking, not for the purposes of slavery, but for the purposes of getting people into the country via uh, some sort of circumvention of the current immigration policies. And this one, was not led by coyote. It was led by U.S. Marines, active duty U.S. Marines. And these are young kids. You know, uh, they're like 20 years old, one of them was at the time. Uh, and they were being paid peanuts, Matt. They were being paid like 500 bucks a pop to play hooky, to drive down, to pick up people, maybe two, three at a time. And the story is, the story put me at some ethical quandaries because of course you want to avoid breaking the law in general. I don't think that's a hot take unless there's a very unjust law, right? Like apartheid or something. But when you look at the case of someone like Francisco Rojas, who had made hundreds of runs as part of this ring, and they were communicating by snapchat you can find you can find all the ins and outs now because they did get discovered they did get popped this did go to court uh, what they were doing was mainly for the money rather than for some sort of ideology and they were quite successful with this for a while. there were multiple Marines involved at Pendleton uh, and their their arrangement led to one of the biggest scandals in Marine Corps history. More than 16 Marines were arrested for this kind of smuggling. And then, of course, if you're talking smuggling, you're talking about people branching out. So another eight were arrested for drug charges. Uh, not, not sure whether the, those drug charges involved smuggling the drugs or just uh, transporting and distributing them. I want to give a special shout out to Emily Green, writing over at Vice World News inside a massive human smuggling ring led by U.S. Marines. Uh, this, This is a good summation of how everything broke down. But essentially what they would do is, we mentioned that they were interacting with folks on Snapchat. They were also, because they're smart, they're Marines, they were practicing buddy system. There would always be at least one person who was speaking Spanish with the uh, folks on the Mexican side of the border arranging for the transit. These guys would, the Marines, I mean, would actually be north of the border the majority of time. They would be helping folks who had made it across the border get away from the heat so they would they would get a message that would tell them where to stop somewhere in the in the scrubland and then the folks that they were transporting would hop out of hiding like literally in a bush or behind a rock or something and then they would get in and the marines would assist them getting away from the hot spots the checkpoints and so on And then they would literally drop these folks off at like a McDonald's or a Whole Foods and they would get in another car to continue their journey. Now, it doesn't matter how you feel personally about immigration policies. It doesn't matter personally how any of us feel about these these laws. What matters is that we're talking about human lives, right? And we're also talking about the susceptibility of those in positions of authority. I don't know if people outside of the military are aware of this, but especially when you're starting off, you'll make a ton of money. People usually don't join the U.S. Armed Forces to get rich. So for some of us in the audience today, 500 bucks may sound like a huge win. 500 bucks may sound like, you know, your Vegas money on a weekend. We don't know where everybody is in life, but we do know that for these young men in the Marines, that money was enough to move the needle into criminal activity. And at this point, Matt, I want to ask you your reaction to this story. Does this surprise you? Does this just confirm previous cynical opinions? Like, What do you think about that? What are bigger things uh, we and all our fellow conspiracy realists can take from accounts like this.
1: Well, Ben, I think my one of my big takeaways, I've got two. First one is that you nailed it already. I think criminal activity or what would be described as such generally occurs when you've got an individual person that isn't making the money they thought they would be making or uh, they cannot make more money than they are currently making. There's no way up, right? There's no way to increase that bimonthly monthly payment that they get from their employer. And that's an opportunity for corruption to just creep on in. We've seen it with police departments historically here in the United States. I mean, it makes perfect sense that it would occur with something as, as you know, something we hold up an institution like the U.S. Marines, um, especially with younger folks who didn't necessarily get hooked in with the promise of lots of money. But I know for a fact that that is one of the techniques that is used on younger people who come in just about how much money you will be able to make. You just have to wait a fairly long period of time before you actually make that money. Anyway, that's my first thing. The second thing is I was astounded to find out that the trope in much of the popular fiction that exists out there The concept of running to the border, no matter what border it is, isn't the end of the journey by a long shot when it comes to getting away safe. I didn't understand the number of checkpoints and other uh, stops that are in place within the U.S. near the border. And we're talking 80 miles, 75 miles, 100 miles away from the border where you have to make another stop and your vehicle will be inspected. I did not know that that was there. I just I don't know. That really changed the way I think about all of this And, and really the entire system from the border of the U.S. and
2: Mexico down there to 100 miles north of it. Yeah, deep into Texas, deep into Arizona, California, those checkpoints continue and people who are trying to get past those checkpoints are relying on smugglers to hide them in dump trucks, tractor trailers, even there are even cases of uh, people in coffins just to get through hmm. the border. Uh, but the reason the Marine operation works so well is that they're, you know, one of the last groups of people one would suspect of that sort of activity. And this may be part of a larger story. Uh, several years ago, For car stuff, you remember car stuff. I I had done a piece with our old pal Scott Benjamin on the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts of human trafficking over that border in particular. Uh, But there is more to the story. Let us know if you think this should be something examined in an episode, because this is something that is close to a lot of people on a personal level in this country and abroad when you look at problems and and when you maintain a human perspective about these problems, the thing, the thing about it is you can always improve a policy. You can always improve a policy. You can always improve a law, but at this point you cannot bring someone back from the dead. Once someone has lost their life, they are gone. So what can a society do to prevent that loss of life? To grant people opportunity that all people, being equal, do deserve. Uh, this is not this is not a hot take. This is not a political take. Uh, but everything that we have described in this story, uh, the the best way to address anything there that seems problematic is structural change. Right. It's not just a headline. Now you can tell uh, that I have a bit of a horse in the race here. I've been on either side of some of these conversations, uh, so we're going to leave it here. We can't wait to hear your take. In the meantime, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor, and we'll return with one more piece of, I would say, inspiring strange news.
1: Terminix
2: it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus
0: Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief.
2: and we're back
1: and for this last story we are going to travel to estonia
2: ben have you ever been to estonia i have not been to estonia
1: okay i'm genuinely surprised but uh goals right <laughs> we'll get there i want to go <laughs> yeah let's <do> um <laughs> there's a, a story coming out of euronews.com and the title is Our lives may actually flash before our eyes when we die. A new study suggests our eyes may actually flash before our eyes. This is another trope. We're just talking about tropes today all day. Um, The concept in perhaps a film that you've seen where a character is passing away and just before the moment that they lose consciousness or perhaps in that moment, they see a series of still images or moments In their life, or at least from the film, that uh, are meaningful and impactful to them. We know, just in doing this show and in past research, that near-death experiences are very much a real thing. And they are hugely variable. They go from infinite darkness, nothingness, to the heaven version where it's all light, being welcomed into a light, to watching bits of your past over again. There's a, it's just a huge variance in the experience that is near-death experience. Mm-hmm. In this instance that we're going to discuss right now, there is one human being who was 87 years old who happened to pass away of a heart attack while his brain was being scanned. Oh, wow. That's a, a bit specific, of a lottery. Yes. Yes. It was very much an accidental thing that occurred. I'll read a bit from this article here. Um it was in fact unintentional at least according to Ian Smith who's writing for Euronews. There was an elderly man who was admitted to a hospital uh, due to an unrelated thing he had fallen, he had developed epilepsy and he was being monitored through an EKG and there were recordings apparently i suppose of his brain activity as, like in the moments that he passed away. So he passed away as some of this monitoring was occurring, and at least according to this research that was published recently, I believe last week as we record this, in the journal Frontiers of Aging Neuroscience, and this is a quote here, Ben, I'll read this. Quote, we measured 900 seconds of brain activity around the time of death and set a specific focus to investigate what happened in the 30 seconds before and the 30 seconds after the heart stopped beating. hmm Yeah, yeah. And they said they found some very strange things by way of brain activity. Strange things that I don't necessarily understand. So congratulations, here it comes. Here's another quote. Just before and after the heart stopped working, we saw changes in a specific band of neural oscillations, so-called gamma oscillations, but also in others, such as delta, theta, alpha, and beta oscillations. Now, you may have heard of these things, these are, these are what people call when they say brain waves. You know, if you ever, you ever see those videos online that have the binaural beats, and it says these activate beta waves. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: <laughs> I know because I know because when you got really into like binaural stuff, you would send me those mm-hmm. videos. Uh, yeah, a, um, I guess if we're putting it simply, let's just for these purposes uh, consider a brain wave or an oscillation as an electrical activity, and it's rhythmic mm-hmm. and or repetitive, and it happens in response to, well, the textbook way it happens is response to some sort of stimulus by neural tissue in your CNS, your central nervous system. So it's, it's like you're, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, I'm just, I'm trying to introduce the concept via analogy, but it's sort of like a, a mm-hmm. brain oscillation is like the beat that, you're, that parts of your brain are dropping, right? Air horns. Yes. Gamma waves. Yeah. But it's,
1: but it's weird because the beats are accessing different drums. Right, So yes. uh, it, the different waves kind of can represent what the brain is doing, the function that's occurring. And I'm no neuroscientist. I don't understand this stuff. Please write to us and we'll cover it on listener mail. So This is how we do it, guys. We set up the concepts in Strange News, we get information from smart people like you in Listener Mail, and then it all comes together in a full episode (laughs) later Mm -hmm. down the road. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But in this case, what they believe they recorded was the brain, this man's brain, uh, retrieving memories and doing it pretty rapidly. Uh And uh, again, there's no way to see inside what he was experiencing in those moments. But again, by by capturing this data, the scientists there believe that they have seen, at least, the brain reliving real moments, recalling memories
2: in quick succession, uh, one after the other, just before death. Mm. Have you ever had a... I believe I asked you this in a, in a past conversation. Have you ever had a near-death experience? I do not... Believe I have.
1: I do not remember it if I have. I, I don't have on paper any time when I was near death or perhaps did die for any period of time. Okay. But again, that's a weird way to say no. But uh,
2: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> well, aware not, of it if I have had one. It's not quite a no. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just interested because I know a lot of us in the audience today have experienced something like that, even if. It was a traumatic brain injury of some sort that did not necessarily lead to a cardiac arrest or the stopping of the heart. Uh, people, we talked about this too. I know we did. Uh, people often forget that there is a distinction between medically dead for a second to legally dead, uh, and there's also a um, a sort of gradient for how long one's brain can go without oxygen before permanent damage is incurred. Uh, But just just to clear this up for anybody who is not at a brush with the void or that tunnel with all the light, uh, just to to set the level here, um, you can experience those things and your heart can stop for a limited time without necessarily incurring Long term substantive cognitive damage. Uh, but don't try it at home. Don't do it. Doesn't matter how many times you watch that uh, Kiefer Sutherland film, Flatliners. It's not cool. I say mm. that as a fan of self experimentation. Don't mess with it. Not worth it. You know what I mean? Try meditating. That'll get your gamma waves going.
1: Hey, the, truly. That's the way to do it. And try some of them binaural beats they're wacky
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's true folks it's true matt has been matt you have been championing these for um gosh years now and uh and people do find uh meditative aspects to it and they do experience um you know it is in some ways related to the the idea the phenomenon of asmr which matt what does that stand for again
1: ASMR is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response.
2: Nailed it. Nailed it's, it. Uh, yeah. Man. I, I
1: feel weirder and weirder about how into that I was. Like a, every passing moment, I just feel weirder <laughs> for, no, for I being into somebody doing weird stuff on the mic. Oh, uh, yeah,
2: but, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, it's the Internet. So things, everything will have some creepy version of it out there. But you never sent any creepy stuff. And we never talked about in creepy. Actually, we, we spent a lot of time not to you, not to me. That's true. Not to me. (laughs) Your mileage may vary folks, but, uh, but yeah, we were always on the up and up in our conversations. And frankly, we're kind of nerdy about it because we're always doing a thought experiment. If this is true, then what else is true, et cetera. But one Mm. thing I think is, is fascinating about the idea of a near death experience is couple this with the concept of um, those studies that found one can retrieve an image of a memory, right? Given certain constraints, science has already proved that it is possible to ask someone to think of like a, I don't know, a pink elephant, a blue boat, whatever, and then while they're thinking of it, uh, it is possible. To measure human brain waves, and from the measurement of those waves or oscillations, if you will, uh, it is possible to reconstruct an image. So I'm wondering if this can be applied to the mind of someone who is experiencing this vast, uh, this vast increase in memory, or walking through the memory palace as their body expires as it fails um the problem with that is it seems somewhat ethically dodgy and you know it's ethically dodgy if i'm the one saying it you know like you can't you shouldn't ideally kill people to see whether or not their life flashes before their eyes but with this story you're sharing which is legit and confirmed and credible looks like it happens man Looks like people have that montage moment.
1: Uh, perhaps, right? You you'd need to back up the study and repeat it numerous times or this accident. You'd have to repeat it a ton of times to get something, which is why I propose this. Um, there, have you heard of the Sarco pod or the uh, it's
2: been called the suicide capsule? Have you heard of this? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, um, but vaguely this is different from the so-called God Helmet.
1: Yes, this is an assisted suicide device and it's developed in Switzerland, which last year I think they passed a legal review uh, In it's a concept of having this pod that would be shipped to your home. At least that's how it was described when I was last reading about it, where you would climb inside if you wished to end your life and where it would cause you to experience hypoxia by inserting nitrogen gas into the pod and raising that level up to the point where you can no longer breathe and you die. But you would be experiencing the, the euphoria that comes along with hypoxia, uh, which is what many pilots experience when they're at a certain altitude um, and then lose pressure, like lose cabin pressure. So there's this thing that exists. It's a self-contained pod to use, as an assisted suicide device. And I can imagine that if there was something with that device that actually measured, you know, an EKG sort of thing that attached to the user, um, the pod itself could maybe gather data in a more humane way that wouldn't be considered, I don't know. I don't know. There's something there, right? Put put those two things together. You actually gather data, I think,
2: on death. True. Yeah, and that's a very, you know... I think the logic sound there, but the the issue with that is then to gather that data, anybody attempting that enterprise is inherently asking people to die for science. Um, And that gets into a whole other bag of badgers, you know, unless you want to unless you want to do the uh, oh, unless you want to do the flatliners thing and say, I just go for a sec. Go over, hmm. cross the veil for a sec. We'll bring you back. And then we'll we'll tell you stuff. And then that's what you have to do, right? And then you would compare and contrast what that person or that mind experienced against the data that was obtained. Uh, this is, <laughs> you know, this is getting close to mad yeah. science. But this is also, I mean, this could be invaluable. This might be the next best, Step forward in understanding what happens to the mind after the body is gone.
1: Yeah, sorry to get into that weird topic of uh, assisted suicide. Not at uh, all. I don't even just... know
2: what side I'm on right now, to be honest, because I'm torn by by what could be learned, and I'm also well, as you know, well aware of <laughs> of the uh, dangers. Of those sorts of pursuits and conversations, and uh, and obviously, you know, certainly, it, but yeah, and obviously, you know, the concept of assisted suicide or end of life things, uh, even even with someone's full knowing consent, etc., there there is a really solid argument to be made, and this is this is not us making this argument, folks, but it is. It is a logically sound argument and it's it's very troubling, it's very sad, but you have to consider that if you if we are in conversations about assisted suicide, regardless of someone's spiritual value system, their beliefs or their lack thereof, I would ask you this: Matt, knowing that absolutely no human being has convinced anyone about what happens. After death, after physical death, knowing that, is it even possible for someone to give informed consent to some sort of experiment involving uh, the taking of one's own life? I, I feel like to have informed consent, you have to know what you're agreeing to. And there's simply no way to do that at this point. Two quick uh housekeeping fact checking things here first the idea that switzerland has approved this is as far as i can tell uh it is not official it was spread on social media uh, but it is not necessarily true the inventor was confident that it could be used in lind but i as of as of december of last year that was not the case it's it's interesting because there's always more to this story. So here's our understanding as of December of 2021. There was an independent legal review that said, according to the current laws, the device could be operated legally in Switzerland. However, that doesn't mean the government of Switzerland approved a what, what was called a suicide chamber on social media. Uh, and in fact, the inventor... The creator of this did not seek such approval. But you know what? I bet I mean your point is so good, right? Gather the data while possible, if such a thing exists. And and obviously, you know, the second thing that we do have to mention is whenever we talk about a person taking their own life for any reason, what we do have to what we do have to note is that there are resources available. At the risk of sounding judgmental, which we don't want to sound judgmental, but at that risk, you should know, folks, that most of the people who, for instance, survive jumping off a bridge in an attempt to take their own life, they report that after jumping, they instantly feel deep and profound regret. There are some things you can't take back. So whenever we talk about this, Whenever one of your friends or fellow conspiracy realists is having one of these conversations, be there for them and also point out that there are resources available. There are people, there are experts will talk to you for free. They're not going to charge you any money. You know, they're not, necess- not going to put you on hold and call you back. You can, if you're in the US, you can call 1 800 273 8255. That is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. As to Matt, as to the other question, it sounds confirmed, at least in one case, due to an an entirely accidental opportunity to measure this, it seems that people's memories really do flash before their mind's eye. And my question then is why? What does it mean? Right? Why do you get that? why, Why do you get that quick? montage. I keep using the word montage, but I'm having trouble thinking of another more accurate phrase. You know what I mean?
1: No, sure. I mean, that's what it is. There's definitely you know, music from the Rocky soundtrack playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, which would be great. I mean, that's how I'd want mine to be. Um, yeah, there have been some studies on rats. Mm-hmm. It's a little grisly, but uh, showing what happens in rats' brains as they are passing that that appear to show similar things with these gamma waves, which, you know, just makes me think about the Hulk (laughs)
2: Um, and gamma radiation. Okay. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Anyway. Yes. I I think we'll end it there for today.
2: And so we pass the conversation to you, Uh, Matt, you definitely pulled back the curtain on part of our process from strange news to listener mail. Do an episode. Uh, we can't wait for you to be part of this. We have we taken this conversation in a lot of different places today, and uh, the we have undoubtedly hit on some things that are very close and very personal to many of our fellow conspiracy realists. We want to hear your take. We want to hear your. Uh, I. We want to hear if you ever wore a tinfoil hat. I did in the past for the look, though, I didn't think it would work. I knew about the Chen thing already. Uh, but we also want to know what you think what do you think about the role of people who are supposed to be enforcing a law using their position to break a law, right? Regardless of how you feel about immigration, what do you think about immigration? What do you think uh, happens when people die? As you can tell, we're fun at parties. Uh, we also want to know uh, we also want to know if you yourself or someone you are familiar with has undergone an indie, a near-death experience. And as always, uh, the best part of this show is you and your voice and your perspective. And that's why it's so important to us to hear from you. Uh, We try to be easy to find online.
1: Yes. Please visit us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, where we are Conspiracy Stuff. There's an at symbol in there. Involved somewhere, put it somewhere. You'll find, you'll figure it out. Uh, on Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you do not like social media, why not instead use your phone and call us with your voice? Leave a message. What?
2: I know. do I dare disturb the universe? You do. You do dare. You dare to call one eight three three S T D W Y T K. You will hear a voice and you know you are in the right place. You'll have three minutes. Those three minutes are your own. Go nuts. That's your audio, audio real estate. Uh, all that we ask is that you let us know whether it's okay to use your name and or message on the air. Give yourself a cool moniker, a cool nickname. They make our collective day. Uh, and for us, you know, we are a small operation, folks. So perhaps even more importantly... If you have a story that needs more than three minutes, that deserves more than three minutes, don't feel like you need to keep calling back until this tale is done. All you need to do really is write it out. We read every email we get. Uh, Send us your ancillary links. Send us the photos. Send us your questions as well. We can't wait to hear from you. All you have to do is write us a good old-fashioned email. Send us line. We are Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com
1: Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. each. Visit Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's
0: Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Dealing with pest can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix.
1: With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast.
2: If your home or business has pest, don't stress it.
0: Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
2: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.
3: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.